Hi podcast. Hi podcast. How are you? Hi podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm a little sick right now, I think. I say what I are think you sick with. I don't know. Just like is it the Rona? I hope not cuz I had that <laughs> in september yeah um that's and it it's it doesn't feel like i felt then so i don't think it is like it's just like i don't know you know how to explain it it's not like a headache headache but you know when your head's like foggy and dense oh that kind of stuff pressure yeah and and just i don't even know i had a sore throat this morning it's better now. It's still somewhat sore. Maybe you like, have a sinus infection. Yeah, I was thinking I might have caught a bug or something. Just because we are in person in school again. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be getting just school bugs again. Yeah. I don't know, though. Uh. But I got excused for today and tomorrow. So, hopefully I don't have to do anything in the bad weather. Yeah just stay home yeah this is like my second or third time where it's like the weather's bad and i'm the one scheduled (laughs) they plan it they want you to to work in the the hurricane and i'm already so anxious about everything (laughs) like i will i cannot go i would be like look (laughs) i'll i'll die in the store yeah of just a panic no, but, like, straight up, if my car gets hailed on and my windshield cracks, I'm going to send an invoice to my manager's boss <laughs> with the text messages of me begging for us to close. Oh, I think that's fair. <laughs> if you say, no, nope, you, you have to come over here and work. I have to drive in 136-mile-hour winds. Yeah. It's all I'm thinking about right now. That's fun. No. I was editing earlier. What else happened today? We went, Lux's family came in. So we went to Bowl and got tacos. That's really fun. Yeah. I've just been in my room. Sick. Yeah. I went to the cafeteria. But then. Hang out with Adam. That's like every day. He's going to get sick next week. Yeah. <laughs> probably one I got after the other tattoo yeah like what elaborate on that <laughs> i just went and got a tattoo so you didn't like schedule anything you just no went, like, i was a walk-in, a walk-in. <laughs> yeah that's insane no and the guy was super nice but yeah no uh we had all been talking about it me and my friend group mm-hmm. wanting to go do it and then last week two of my friends went and walked in the same thing and said they had spots and said they had some more coming up like tell like if you knew of other people so since i had been wanting to do it i've always wanted a tattoo and then more so recent have had been like talking about actually maybe scheduling something and then it kind of just fell into my lap into your lap how much was it um it was like 120 that's not bad no it wasn't bad at all it's pretty big it's I just i can't i don't know how to show you <laughs> besides standing in the chair but like no, yeah it's cute 
You want to describe it for the podcast? Um, <laughs> it's like this weird alien wolf wearing a wolf skin. I don't know how to explain it. I could put a picture in the Discord. <laughs> yeah. Because my face doesn't have to be in It's on my leg. Mm-hmm. For those of you, it's black and red. Uh, yeah. That's did what you, I did. Where, what, where'd the picture come from? Uh, it's this artist I really like. They're Fawnwood on Instagram. And then oh. I changed it up some in like Procreate. But it's pretty much their thing. So if you want to see more of their art, Fawnwood on it. Yeah, please. I've I've followed them for years now. Shout just out. really like their stuff. Um, we love a good shout out. There you go. Talented artists <laughs> deserve to be recognized. Yes, indeed. That's so exciting. And I did a lot of DoorDash. That's the other <laughs> thing I, I did this weekend. Lines. Um, Lux went away for this past weekend. So I was home. Not by myself, because I live with Lux and Daryl. But, like, Lux wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And so we played, like, board games and shit. But at night, it was weird, because, you know, Lux and I sleep in the same bed. So Errol brought his... Ma- like, he didn't come and, like, sleep in the bed with me. No, that would have been too easy. <laughs> he brought his mattress. There's another bed in, in there. <laughs> there is another <laughs> bed in there. He brings his mattress in. And lays it on the floor. That's wonderful. I was and gonna ask about that. I saw on my floor. Snapchat. It's like what's happening? Periodically through the night, he would throw things at me. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was simultaneously hilarious and terrifying. It was almost worse than being alone because I never knew when it was coming. Like, <laughs> never knew when you just get hit. <laughs> Literally. But, like, his, um, his alarm started going off at, like, 6 in the morning. And I was, because it hits, like, it starts off quiet and it gets louder. I was like, he'll wake up. He'll hear it. <laughs> A few minutes pass. Any minute now. He'll wake up. <laughs> A few minutes pass. If I'm awake, Errol will definitely wake up. His phone's right next to his head. I'm across the room. It's any minute now few more minutes passed and eventually i got so tired of it i like i was like in a daze of like i padded next to me and grabbed one of the million pillows that he threw at me in the middle of the night and chucked it and it i watched it hit him and he sat up really hard in bed and i was like turn it off and then we both went back to sleep nobody woke up from the alarm that's awful it was terrible <laughs> the way he sits up was the funniest thing too. That's was that's like a good switch. It was no <laughs> terrible, <laughs> but also hilarious. Mm. Ooh, I've got like twitching, twitching. That's fun. Oh, my sister's calling me. No, <laughs> decline. She won't know I declined her call. She doesn't listen to the podcast. You just hung up on her, though. I think I think she'll know because oh. you didn't pick up the phone. Sometimes I just let it ring. No, that I but, yeah, no, I guess she'll know. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to know. How are they going to know? They're never going to know. They're going to know. How are they going to know? 
Oh I'm gonna God. text her. I'll tell her. <laughs> You're gonna out me? <laughs> yeah. Our family never talks to each other. And then that's the first text you and Melody share in like months is, hey, I'm on FaceTime with Meg and she definitely just hung up with you. <laughs> hung yeah. up on you, not with you. I feel so low energy right now and it's kind of annoying because my story is really good. That's fun. Maybe maybe the energy will pick up in the story. I'm hopeful it's crazy. Are you ready to start? I guess that's as good of a transition as any. Yeah. And, like, that wasn't what I intended it to be. But, like, it makes sense that that'd be the transition. I think so. And we, like, we've talked for 14-ish minutes. <sighs> fine, fine. What do you fine. have? Like, what's your category today? True crime. True crime. <laughs> I have other. Oh, yeah, then it is. I hate these episodes. <laughs> My other's fun. Oh, my My friend just became president of her sorority. That's cool. Congratulations, Congratulations, friend. Faith. Congratulations. You deserved it. You Good worked job. hard. Uh, she listens to the podcast. That's fun. Yo, I feel so bad for, like, how low I am right now. She's I know, it is Monday. Day. I guess it's, we didn't say that. It is Monday 8 p.m. yeah it's monday night and i didn't sleep last night yeah no i did not sleep well from being and i had three texts today that's awful but it's okay because my story's crazy (laughs) i need to reorient this but i don't know how where does the keyboard go is the (laughs) what's happening the screen just shook so much is happening let's move it like that and then like this maybe that's okay ish okay ish (laughs) it just feels weird because it's like i'm trying not to block my face with my mic hello Hello? and i'm it's the it's not even the mic that's the problem it's the fucking pop filter (laughs) okay today i have a true crime I well, don't know if you'll have heard of it. Um, yeah, I have I don't. to look up how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> Do I get hints? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's kind of like I'm trying to hold on. Let me pronunciation guide. Um, how do you say that? <laughs> Pronunciation. Why did the Wikipedia page... Oh, there it is. Oh my god. I've got, um, uh, an ad for a Chrome extension. How to pronounce names.com. <laughs> Are you getting it? Got it. Okay. Okay. So, usually, the the big warnings 
that we give for like content warnings right are like extreme torture mm-hmm. assault children right and it got me thinking like why kids why is that on our list you know the perceived innocence mm-hmm. and this 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 case doesn't have any of those three things that i just listed okay but it has like a different kind of perceived innocence like it's the hurting of another helpless individual like that isn't a child okay um she's very famous this is because it is a woman um featured on world's most evil killers got away with it for a while oh no um and it happened in like the 90s was it involved like elderly people instead of okay Mm -hmm. i didn't want to say it yeah i wanted to get you to guess um i know it like, happened in california if that helps at all was one of the people like doing it in hospice care or was it kind of okay kind of i don't know any specific names but i know the stories yeah because so like every true crime show has mm-hmm. has done a spin-off version of it and i know the one guy who was getting away with it for a while but i don't know i don't know a name of a she who's done it okay isn't the guy like the angel of death or whatever i think that yeah one of them because he was like injecting people right yeah he was abusing their medications yeah he was using i don't even remember what medication it was but he had he had gotten in trouble before because he had a friend came over and he slipped something into their coffee like the same medication and the um but nothing they never they didn't catch him then he kept like killing how and then they they put the dots together later. I was like, that's a huge red flag. Y'all just passed up. No, literally. And it happens all the time, though. Like, people... And it happens in this case. That is such a nice angle. It, it happens in this case where, like, it it boggles my mind how some of these red flags only become red flags after the fact, somehow. Yeah, in hindsight. Like, how is this only a problem in hindsight and not... How in was, actuality yeah. how did we not deal with that before now <laughs> how did we not deal with that the second it started happening yeah slipping um, drugs into people's coffee doesn't seem like something we should pass up so the woman i'm gonna talk to you about her name is dorothea puente okay does it, rec- does it ring any bells i think so because i've like heard about these cases before but i couldn't tell you specifics does the boarding house of death ring bells yeah that's a little bit more bells so this one was interesting because it is a very very famous true crime case ghost adventures went to her house all right ghost adventures all right ghost adventures didn't watch the episode but thought it was interesting i wanted to watch the episode but didn't have time so um i'm gonna tell you a little bit about her first but she's not a nice lady okay (laughs) so so, she's born January 9th, 1929, making her, I believe, our first Capricorn. Oh, okay. Right? Um, so, she's born in Redlands, California to her parents, Trudy May and Jesse James Gray, which all just sound like storybook characters. Yeah. But they are not storybook characters because they're bad parents. Oh, no. 
so she's number six out of seven kids um and her parents were both alcoholics Ooh, that's not double trouble her father also like repeatedly threatened to commit suicide in front of the kids oh jeez um yeah um he did die when dorothea was eight but it was from tuberculosis not suicide okay yeah um so her my desk is just covered in shit (laughs) and i'm trying to like move it that's better i have a tin of cookies that's what i've got on my desk a full tin i've been eating it and then look i have the blue version of the same tin of cookies are they both full of cookies yeah they were like so it's not sewing supplies no no it's cookies (laughs) they were for someone for christmas but then we wound up not seeing them so i just took them back to school with me (laughs) (laughs) that's cold (laughs) they're really good cookies though anyway um so her mom was also insanely abusive and eventually like lost custody of the kids um and then a year after the same year she loses custody but later she dies in a motorcycle accident oh yeah so the kids are sent to an orphanage um not only were they all separated but they were all like jumping from foster home to foster home like not one of them was able to like set down roots truly as kids oh that's Dorothy terrible. was the youngest and she was eight when this happened um so when she's 16 so eight, eight years, years in the system she splits off on her own and goes to olympia washington for a little while um and tries to start to make her living as a prostitute okay and then this is where her first marriage happens you know it's bad when we give them numbers yeah (laughs) i was about to say i I noticed the first (laughs) um so at 16 years old she marries a soldier named fred mcfall um she just he had just gotten back from the pacific theater in world war ii okay so they have two daughters together um and at this time dorothea ranges between 16 and 19 years old in this period um she sends one of the daughters away to live with some relative and then the other one is put up for adoption okay how old's Um, the guy that's a good question and i don't think any source said it okay yeah i just didn't know if it was like a weird about it age gap or something i don't think so um but he did like just come back from war so like mm-hmm. who knows yeah I but she gets pregnant a third time and miscarries at the age of 19 Jeez. and because of this fred leaves her oh my gosh and then she goes back to california so the same year that fred leaves her she's arrested so she'd been using like forged checks to buy shit oh like literal fraud um she was charged and pled guilty to two counts of forgery i've never had to say that word on the podcast i've never had to say pled guilty to a charge of forgery ever who gets charged for forgery (laughs) her 
<laughs> that is interesting. We have not talked about much, like, textbook forgery. Right. Or, like, just, like, fraud in general. Like, credit card fraud, we hit heavy <laughs> with episode, episode one. Three. Oh, one, yeah. Three was date love. <laughs> date love. Unless there was credit card fraud involved in date love. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> it was the Russians. Um, but forgery no like seriously and it's i it it's so funny to me because it's one of the most interesting crimes to me like i you touched on it a little with the scientology stuff but like forging paper trails yeah that w- we did talk about forging there i did just forget about that but um so she served four months in my office funko pops just fell over like dominoes (laughs) um so she serves four months in jail and is sentenced to three years of probation but instead of serving her probation she skips town nice um so she leaves riverside and then goes to san francisco at the age of 23 so 1952 she gets married again okay this second one marriage number two she marries axel bren jonathan um or johansson joe johansson it's throwing me off because there's two s's so i want to say johansson (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's johansson get that chrome extension real quick and have it read it out (laughs) um but he's a merchant seaman Okay. So this time when they met, she made up like a whole new personality. All right. <laughs> she gave herself a new name and everything. And this is going to, I'm going to be butchering this name. Fair warning. Because she told him that she was a Muslim um, of Egyptian and Israeli descent. So her name that she gave him was Taya Singoala Nayarda. Okay. Um somehow someone um she finds out that this is not her name i don't know they just kind of glossed over that part (laughs) um i was like this how long did she pretend to be this fake person but they had like an insane marriage um they argue a lot about everything but specifically the fake name (laughs) the fake name yeah um specifically about dorothea's drinking and her gambling gambling so he's away at sea a lot and when he's gone she'd invite men over and like gamble all the money away oh no but somehow he sticks around yeah why not red flags going back to what we talked about a second ago these like, are red oh, flags, are you people. Good? Like, but so 1960. This is eight years after they get married. They're oh. married for eight years. Jesus. Um, actually, I think longer than that. Yeah. Why they're married she... for a total of 14 years. Oh. Oh. Why does what? He do. He keeps letting her have access to the money. Yeah. She just keeps gambling it away. Yeah. Homeboy she ain't changing so <laughs> in 1960 they're still married she's arrested for 
owning and operating a brothel under the pretense of bookkeeping like she's pretending to be doing like people's books and shit and it's running a fucking brothel what kind of forgery game is she on i don't know how you casually run a brothel yeah where was it casually running a brothel that's the name of this week's episode (laughs) um she was found guilty sentenced to are you ready for this number you're not no 90 days in jail oh three months (laughs) so you heard it here first you can run a brothel at the the (laughs) price of three months jail time Oh my god. And then just get right back out there and keep it going. So, 1961, after her 90-day stint in prison, um, Axel actually had her committed. Oh. So, the reason he had her committed was because she went on, like, this crazy bender of, like, a bunch of drinking, lying, criminal behavior, suicide attempts. Oh my gosh. Um, Part of this binge was offering to perform a sexual act on a dude that turned out to be an undercover cop. Ooh. Yeah. Um, And while she's committed, the doctors actually diagnosed her as a pathological liar. Whoa. With an unstable personality. Yeah. But, like, in this research, I learned that the diagnosis of of pathological lying is like super up in the air like subjective like some doctors won't even diagnose you as that which i just thought was interesting yeah i guess it's it's hard to tell too what's considered pathological like at what point yeah are you just not able to get the motive out of them or do they just not have a motive so (laughs) he does divorce her finally good for Um, him five years after this bender after 14 years of marriage that's crazy yeah um she continues to use his last name though okay for like a while and actually changes her first name too oh like legally changes her first name i don't think so i think it was more like she just just forgery just went about like told people okay um she called herself sharon jonathan and john johansson johansson i don't know this there's a lot of s's in this name (laughs) um but she mostly does this to hide like her past she creates this persona it's literally like a cosplay a christian cosplay if you will (laughs) Um, so people's like cosplay Republican sonas on TikTok. Yeah. That I'm trying to figure out how to make this into a. That's the name of this week's episode. <laughs> Come on, throw something out there. Come on. I mean, Karen. Karen cosplay got that alliteration, except it's a scenic A. But okay, hmm. you got to say that's the name of this episode. That's the name of this week's episode. <laughs> i had to think about that i was like i'm gonna forget all the words <laughs> but um yeah so her karen cosplay 
so she creates this persona of like a kind good christian woman um and like within her community establishes herself as like a caregiver that's so she weird she starts to take in all these young women um and like it's all like women who are living in poverty or like with abusive spouses she's trying to make a safe house kind of yeah thing. she's taking them all in without charge at all and at this point like i couldn't find any evidence of illegal activity oh so she was like genuinely from what i can gather yes i don't want to jinx it but like this first situation of her like taking in these young women does not follow the same mo that she gathers later okay it seems okay ish yeah um but she cannot stay single for long Uh uh-oh we're we're on the hunt for marriage three marriage three she gets married again at the age of 39 okay um they do not last long (laughs) rip his name is roberto jose puenta that's where the name comes from they last six months okay Um, half a year she says they separate because if he was abusing her um she actually tries to serve him with divorce papers and he flees to mexico so that she can't serve him oh no yeah so the papers do not get finalized for their divorce for another five years oh my gosh technically they're like actually married for five years but they they were only together for six months Okay, and then he um, fled to Mexico. Yeah, and two years after the divorce is finalized, she actually has to file a um, a restraining order against him. Oh, no, he came back? Because he's, like, super crazy. But she uh. did keep using the last name, though. Interesting. Yeah. So she reinvents herself again. <laughs> this woman New Karen Sona unlocked. New Karen... <laughs> Say, that's the name of this week's episode <laughs> new karen sona unlocked um eventually i'm gonna get you to start doing those every other sentence too and then the list is gonna get twice as long <laughs> we have a lot to vote on mm-hmm. so she reinvents herself again literally like her whole mo is just changing her personality at the drop of a hat fun um, i mean it's gotten her this far i like cosplay uh pop off i guess (laughs) but she 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 sets up this boarding house and it's located at 21st and f street in sacramento and she makes herself like a genuine community oh i should add this here so there's actually most people don't know there's actually two boarding houses oh separated by like a little bit of time i do not know if they're the same building Okay, so it might have been, like, different names, same building, or yeah, it's different really buildings. it's unclear, because a lot of the sources, I don't think, realized there's a period of time in the middle where she wasn't operating a boarding house. So it's, oh, like... A lot of the articles a, just skim past it. Yeah, so, from what I've gathered, this one is located at 21st and F Street in Sacramento, and this is this is when it starts so she makes herself like a genuine resource to the community so she starts taking in do you know if um, she was getting like funding from things so from what i could see no okay 
like not like governmental at least like she, i didn't know if it she, was like a non-profit sort of deal yeah no like she didn't register herself as a non-profit from what i gathered she kind of like established herself as a halfway house of sorts okay um, so she was she had relationships with like some social workers and stuff and okay. people would know to send them to dorothea's like she built this reputation for herself but it wasn't so probably like, getting like donations and stuff but yeah. nothing official it, it wasn't through official pipelines okay whatever happened um so she starts helping the all the articles called them the shadow people you know like the people that you kind of forget about or that society forgets about yeah so it's homeless people alcoholics mentally ill people she starts hosting aa meetings in her house um she helps underprivileged people signing up for social security benefits like she's doing the most okay and in this time she also changes the way she looks a lot okay so she starts wearing a lot of vintage clothing uh, and she lets her hair go gray and she gets these big round granny glasses okay so she looks like like a grandmother. Yeah, a granny. Like, she looks like a granny. And so there like, were some reports where she'd have these underprivileged people call her granny or grandma. Okay. Um, she even makes herself a respected member of, like, specifically the Hispanic community. She donates to a bunch of charities and funds scholarships and radio programs and all this stuff okay um she even meets another husband although he does mysteriously leave a week into the marriage he didn't die did they get divorced i don't know um (laughs) all right husband number four every every article um, all right husband (laughs) number four that's the name of this week's episode (laughs) But, like, every article I read, a week. His, his line was, like, and he left her after a week. He was, like, but where did he go? Like, why? <laughs> Leaves, too? Are, are we sure he survived? Like, does anyone know where he went after this? I literally don't know. <laughs> I was, like, no. Um, but don't let that fool you. Okay. Don't let Granny fool you. Um, I must say, it seems like she's turning around, but... It does, doesn't it? Yeah. But in 1978, she gets charged and convicted again for cashing checks that belong to some of the boarding house patients. (gasps) Oh no, she was stealing their money? So, she was convicted of 34 checks, um, state and federal. Jeez, um... So she's given five years of probation and has to pay $4,000 in restitution with inflation. That's seventeen grand. Oh my gosh. Wow. So in the 80s, because this is the period of time where it gets murky. Okay. Because like, so she's, this oh, happens in 19- Is this the break in between them? Kind of. Okay. So like she- she stops doing whatever she is doing here she gets charged in the 80s she starts working specifically as a personal caregiver oh so she like, like people move into her home 
um once again also unclear about if she lived in the boarding house for a period of time like it the locations get really weird okay um but specifically like for there's a four-year gap where she gets this charge and then she starts to become like a personal caregiver um because she's charged in 1978 and this happens in 82 okay a, a woman named ruth monroe like moves in with her in her upstairs apartment um she does die though and she dies from an overdose of codeine and it's oh i ace i can't the pronunciation guides are stupid (laughs) acetaminophen 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 supercalifragilisticexpialidocious (laughs) say it again acetaminophen acetaminophen I don't know. I can't see the word you're trying to read. That's just my next guess. My problem is there's an N in it, not a T. So, acetaminophen? Acetaminophen? Do you want to put the pronunciation in the Discord? I'm just going to put the word in the Discord. Okay. Oh, where's my little keyboard? I'm not going to do that. I lost my keyboard. How did you lose your keyboard? <laughs> um, regardless, it's a fever drug. Okay. So she overdoses on codeine in this fever drug. Um, so Dor- Dorothea tells the police, like, she was really depressed because her husband ha- was, like, diagnosed with a terminal illness and was, like, gonna die soon. Okay. And that Ruth was really upset about it, so the police rule it as a suicide oh um, interesting but a few weeks later oh i fucked up so that gap is weird i'm right i'm right that the boarding house ends there there's this gap where she's this personal caregiver um to two people and it's ruth and then this man named malcolm and then this next thing happens and then the next boarding house starts okay so this is like so, the, the in-between times. Yeah. This is the intermission. Okay. Um, so the police have to come back again because an older man, his name is Malcolm McKenzie, accuses Dorothea of drugging him and stealing from him. Oh. Uh, so he he's, not saying, he's not saying she killed Ruth or anything crazy he's saying that dorothea intentionally drugged him so she could steal from him so she's charged and convicted this is the third time yeah um, with theft charges okay this time it's five years in prison Ooh. and then this is our true intermission she's in jail um she only serves three of the five but she is in jail for a period and she makes friends there specifically there's this man named everson gilmouth he's 77 she's 53 a little older um they become like pen pals essentially and when she's released he meets her outside of the prison driving a red ford pickup so she when she's released um a state psychologist actually goes on record to say that she was a schizophrenic 
with oh. no recourse or regret who should be closely monitored. Uh, hint, hint. More on that later. More on that later. Regardless, this little man, Everson, um, is like smitten. Okay. They start making plans to get married. He's trying to become husband number five. He's aiming for the number five spot. He, he wants bingo. Um, so, that same year, um, she hires a man, his name is Ishmael Flores, to install wood paneling in her apartment. She gives him $800 and a red Ford pickup. Hey, wait a second. What? <laughs> Where'd she get that? <laughs> oh, you know, places. Did, did he die? So she says it belongs to her boyfriend in L.A. who didn't need it anymore. Okay. I mean, they were looking to get married. <laughs> Why doesn't so she need it anymore? <laughs> so she asks Flores to install some wood panel, and then she asks him to do another project for her. See, she had all of this, like, these books and things that she needed to, to move to a storage facility, so she needed him to build her a box. So that she could put all this stuff in it. Um, Was he building a coffin? The box is six feet by three feet by two feet. No. And she does it. He does it. So she fills the box up. And then she calls him again. And she says, hey, can you help me transport this full storage box of books to this storage facility? Okay. He says, sure. She gave me a car. (laughs) i'll I'll do anything um granny for granny but halfway there she asks him to stop it's on the on garden highway in sutter country um and then she tells him she just wants she actually doesn't even want to bring it to storage she just kind of wants to dump this box of junk on the riverbank to like forget about it (laughs) oh no (laughs) Mm -hmm. well does he do it yeah and they leave in the in the red pickup truck in the red pickup truck oh no um so yeah he just a storage he just helped dump a body um so she goes on i come back to it don't worry i'm not gonna leave you like too high and dry god (laughs) uh but she continues to take in elderly like patients to care give for them and opens up another boarding house. So this is boarding house number two. Um, and she gets really popular amongst social workers. Like, really popular. Oh, so because people like to send people there. Specifically because Granny will take the tough cases. Oh, no. So she takes in upwards of 40 people. At a time? I think total. Okay, total. Okay. But, like, she takes in drug addicts and, like, tenants who are super abusive. Um, and she, what she does from then is she collects the monthly mail every month and then give, takes her percentage out for expenses and then gives them stipends. So she's not stealing their checks anymore, but she is taking a chunk okay. to make her own pretty penny. Um, during this time, she's visited by multiple parole agents, 
Um, no one notices anything weird, though, even though she'd been ordered to keep away from the elderly and government checks. <laughs> and she's doing both. And she's doing both. She's handling all of their government checks every month. And no oh. one questions it. Um, and during this time, she also writes to Everson's family and says he's ill. Oh, hmm. no. That's why he's not contacting them. Hmm. <laughs> but he's alive he's alive he's just sick i'm taking care of him and that's why i'm collecting his pension every month no <laughs> hmm nobody nobody checks on this no <laughs> that's so awful nobody's like oh man we should probably go see him why he's sick you know we don't know how much time we have left mm-hmm. nobody that's mm-hmm. so <laughs> aggravating mm-hmm yeah um so you know i firmly hate years and i should have written it down but whatever i'm pretty sure that was 85 but don't quote me on that okay i was very confused why you said you hated years (laughs) i got it now but in 86 you know, I am going to double check because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Let me. No, 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 no. Dorothea Puenta. There she is. There she is. Granny. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So in 85 is when she hired Homeboy um, <laughs> to 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 do the deed um, and that <laughs> to dump was the in storage. november of 85 so january 1st of 86 <laughs> starting the new year a fisherman is fishing and spots a suspicious box in the river and calls the police good for him inside was the decomposed unidentifiable Ugh. Body. I of hate an elderly that man. word. You want to know how long it's unidentified for? How long? Three years. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So she so, keeps getting the checks for three years? She collects no. this man's pension for three years. And nobody knows where he is. Nope. He's <laughs> sick. <laughs> no. He's sick. He needs no medicine? She's taking Nothing? care of him. Okay. Okay. Um. Sure. But at this time, so, 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 some neighbors start to get sus. Okay. Good for the neighbors. So Dorothea had adopted, quote unquote, one of the homeless alcoholics as a handyman for her. Um, he was only known as Chief. Okay. Um, but neighbors notice him start digging up the basement and like carting soil and trash out in a wheelbarrow and then installing like a fresh concrete slab and then he does the same thing over the garage in the backyard and then after he's finished he disappears Uh (laughs) uh-oh but the neighbors notice they say it's us did they report it no why 
<laughs> That's weird. So, anyway. Chief's missing? It's probably fine. November 11th of 1998. Huh? Yeah, it's two more years. <laughs> oh, no. So, someone goes missing. And this someone is one of Dorothea's tenants. So, this social worker, her name is Judy, and she's a fucking saint, um, had, like, a really vested interest in this specific tenant. Um, He was a developmentally disabled man with schizophrenia, and his name was Alvaro Montoya. And she had, like, a really vested interest in his care. So when he goes missing, um, she's concerned obviously um and so she brings us up to dorothea who's like oh no no no, he's just visiting some family in mexico like it's fine but judy knows that he doesn't talk to his family yeah and it gets worse because on her way out of the boarding house another tenant stops her and says something's wrong She's been digging a lot of holes. Oh, that's an awful quote. Isn't it? (laughs) Oh, no. So she calls the fucking cops. Thank you, Judy. (laughs) Um, because, so this, the other part of this is that, like, other tenants, like, backed her up for a bit on her story, and then one of the tenants is quoted later by, like, also saying that he told Judy, um, she's making me lie to her. Life. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I just read that so wrong. Um, I'm, I just spoiled it. The cops show up. Um, Dorothy explains, like, no, he's on vacation. Another tenant steps up to back her up. So they, they're like, it's fine. Oh, no, they believe them. And they start to leave, and then um, they get slipped a message by the same tenant who backed her up that said, she's making me lie for her. Oh, my gosh. So they come back inside, and they're like, actually, can we dig up your garden? Like, we noticed there's some, like, fresh soil, and it's a little unnerving. We we want to make sure the social worker knows that we've done everything we could, you know? Yeah. And Dorothea says, yeah, of course. Um, I actually, like, I have some shovels in the back, like, that you guys can use, like, absolutely. Um, so the police start to dig. And she was okay with it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess she couldn't say no. One of the cops, so there's a a documentary, or it's not a documentary, it's a show on Netflix called World's Worst Neighbor or something, and they did an episode on her. Yeah, that would be a a bad neighbor. The cops are the cops who worked on this case were interviewed. Oh, that's I love when the like police that were there are interviewed. mm -hmm. One of the cops specifically says he can remember her watching them from the upstairs window the entire time. Oh, that's horror movie level Mm -hmm. creepy. Just I just can picture Granny like peeking out of the curtain. Mm, That's bad. One of them recounts finding eggshells, pieces of cloth, and leather pieces that looked like beef jerky. And then the cops find a body. Oh, there just was a body in the garden? 
the body of 78-year-old Leona Carpenter. Who is that? Exactly. <laughs> Not the body they were looking for. <laughs> you said the name and I was like, am I supposed to? I don't remember. A body. Uh-oh. <laughs> but not the one they thought they were looking for. So, one cop testifies to realizing that what he thought was beef jerky was actually flesh that he'd been peeling off the bone with a shovel. No. That's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the police question her. And the I entire hope. time, she's, like, crazy calm. Um, Ew. And she denies everything. So the, pol- the policeman who interrogates her quoted as saying that she was emotionless. She would look straight into my eyes and answer every question. She never flinched. She never said anything. And she denied everything. You c- <laughs> they found a body, ma'am. You're so done. Then, so somehow they give her, like, another night. Like, they don't come back to start digging up the rest of the garden until the next morning. But she doesn't, like, leave or anything. She's waiting there the next morning <laughs> they yeah, start she's to dig up the garden <laughs> and she asks them like hey um i have crazy nerves right now like can i go meet my nephew for a cup of coffee down the street at the hotel and they say yeah because like at this point she's not like an official suspect yet for some reason yeah i mean maybe they believe her story like i didn't put that there right um, but she, and at this point, they don't know who the body is, so it could have been there before Dorothea, like, yeah, plausible deniability is very real. Um, but she does not go to get coffee, she runs. Ah, that's what I would guess. To LA. And while this is happening, the cops keep digging and find seven more bodies on her property. Oh, that's bad. Then, the body in the box is finally identified as her boyfriend, Everson Gilmouth. Who she has all the checks for. Pension. Oh, no. Dorothy's on the run for five days total. (laughs) They do not catch her. (laughs) She got away so fast. What? So she goes to this bar in LA and like starts to chat up this old man, um, whether he whether she wants husband number six or another victim. She's like, like she already cruising, but she recognizes he recognizes her from the TV and calls the cops. Good, good for him. Uh, yeah. So she's arrested and charged with a total of nine murders. Oh my gosh! So that's they the include- seven they found. The seven they found are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I skipped someone's name. Okay. Anyway. No, I didn't. <sighs> Did I? You can find it real quick if you want to. Yeah, I'm looking. I... Because I know she's she's charged with nine people. The other two that she's charged with, uh, so they find seven bodies. The other two that she is charged with is Ruth and um, Everson. her boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. 
So she's charged with 61-year-old Ruth Monroe, 78-year-old Leona Carpenter, 51-year-old Alvaro Gonzalez Montoya, the one they were looking for, um, 51-year-old Dorothy, or 64-year-old Dorothy Miller, 55-year-old Benjamin Fink, 62-year-old, that's the one I skipped, James Gallup, 64-year-old Vera Faye Martin, 78-year-old Betty Palmer, and then her boyfriend. Okay. So seven bodies found, plus Ruth and Everson. According to the cops, um, she would drug them to the point of overdose and then would wrap them in bedsheets and plastic linings before dragging them to open pits in the backyard for burial. She just dug holes in the backyard? And it's even worse when you see the pictures of her house because this is not like... I was picturing, like, farmhouse. No. This is on, like, a busy street. Like, her, all that separates her and her neighbors are a fence. Oh, that's awful. So, she insisted to the reporters that she hadn't killed anyone. And, quote, I used to be a very good person at one time. Oh, bad quote. Bad quote. So, for some reason, her lawyers requested a change in venue... Um, so it was granted. So the trial actually happens in Mon- Monterey County. Um, it starts in October of 1992 and it ends in one year. So the prosecutor is this dude named John O'Mara, and he was the homicide supervisor for the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office. So he's a dude. Okay. This trial flip flops like fucking crazy. Oh, no. Why? So, on one hand, she's granny. She's, she may be, at worst, a thief, but she's not a murderer. Oh, Um, people are taking to that story. Yeah. And on the other, she's a manipulative criminal who preyed on the weak. Um, And it's worse because a bunch of pathologists testified and said that they couldn't find any cause of death for any of the corpses oh yeah um but our prosecutor is relentless so he calls over 130 witnesses jeez um and he says that she'd use sleeping pills um to put them to sleep before suffocating them um to suffocating them (laughs) so dolman's a drug for insomnia was found in all seven corpses oh so and then, and then, he would finish his argument by saying that she would hire convicts to dig the holes for her. Oh. So, the prosecution was saying that she was one of the most cold and calculating female serial killers the country had ever seen. And she got away with it for literal years. Yeah, with a, with a house. Yeah. So, he famously ends with his closing argument... Um, it, he shows one of those, I couldn't find the exact one, but, like, I know what they're talking about. It was one of those pictures that you can see in, like, two different ways. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like, a horse or a duck. Yeah. He shows one of those and then says, um, keep in mind, things are not always as they seem. Oh, that's, that's sick. That's a great way to end (laughs) that, man. Right. Um, so, the defense 
The devil works hard, but her defense team worked harder. Oh, no. No. Like, they went crazy, went stupid for this woman. Um, So they call a shit ton of witnesses, too, including her long-lost daughter that she put up for adoption when she was 17 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's why what what is what was she witness to i don't know they all (laughs) said that she was this caring motherly figure a bunch of the women who like she helped like came in to testify like she helped me when when i was young she guided me to a successful career um mental health experts testified for her to say like she was given the worst childhood possible and like psychologically that meant that she had to provide um Mm, it's like that's weird yeah that so many people were on both sides yeah so i have a clip i have some of the closing statement here that i wanted to read um so he opens with because this is the the defense he opens with we are here today to determine one thing what is the value of dorothea puenta's life that is the question does she have to be killed Um, And then he continues, you have heard of the despair, which was the foundation of her life, the anger and resentment. If anyone in the jury room tells you it was not that bad, ask them, would you want that to happen to yourself? Would you want that to happen to your children? I am led to believe if there is any reason for us to be living here on this earth, it is somehow to enhance one another's humanity, to love, to touch each other with kindness, and to know that you have made just one person breathe easier because you have lived. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that is why these people came to testify for Dorothea Puenta. I think you can only truly understand why so many people testified and asked you to spare Dorothea's life only if you have ever fallen down and stumbled on the road of life and had someone else pick you up, give you comfort, give you love, show you the way, then you will understand why these people believe Dorothea, Dorothea's life is worth saving. That is mitigating. That is a human quality that deserves to be preserved. It is the flame of humanity that has burned inside Dorothea since she was young beautiful statement and then his last line is that is the reason to give dorothea puenta life without the possibility of parole (laughs) nice which i just think is funny because like deep down i know they're just arguing like don't kill her yeah but i think it's funny that he really hit them like spelled it out life without parole i'm not asking you to let her go i'm asking you to give her life (laughs) Yeah, I like that he clarified. He's like, she should go to jail. (laughs) I guess, like, a lot of, uh, that's what a lot of defense has to do, you know? At some point, you know you ain't keeping them out of jail. Yeah. There's too much evidence. Like, if you're in a court case, there's, it's because there's evidence against them. It'll, it'll look bad for them to try to be like, no, none of that's real. But to, like, argue for, for not killing someone. Yeah. And yet, Casey Anthony. Anyway. Yeah, what? Don't even get me started on that. (laughs) So the jury is deadlocked for a month. Oh, no. A fucking month. And this is for convicting her for all nine. So they're deadlocked 11 to 1. Like, this one person will not fucking relent. Um, 
and eventually like it takes them forever to concede but they don't agree to everything so they agree that she gets conviction for the first two first degree counts of murder including special circumstance and one second degree out of nine Wait, but why? So, I don't know. Um, and then, so the, so they agree that she's convicted of three, but the jury couldn't agree on the other six. So after several days of deliberation, the jury is deadlocked seven to five and told the judge that more deliberation would not change their mind. So it's declared a mistrial. And because it's a mistrial, she gets life without the possibility of parole. Okay. Which I didn't know was the thing, but Wikipedia said that as if I was supposed to know that's what happens when there's a mistrial. <laughs> but, like, I thought a mistrial meant that... You could the, retry. You could retry them? With a different jury. I don't know. Maybe it's different depending on what you're being charged with. Right. Like, I always thought a mistrial meant, like, something had happened, like, against the law or like something i don't know and that it either needed to be redone or like wasn't valid anymore i have no idea anyway so she maintains her innocence for the rest of her life and says that all of these people had died of natural causes in her backyard in holes interesting um quote the only time they were ever in good health was when they stayed at my home i made them change their clothes every day take a bath every day eat three meals a day when they came to live with me they were so sick they weren't expected to live so she was incarcerated at central california's women's facility and she dies in prison at the age of 82 from natural causes huh that's so interesting like it seems like she did genuinely help people but Mm -hmm. then also really didn't help some of them you know (laughs) right like murder um Uh, what i find interesting is like why why even take that next step what do you mean she was doing fine with the forgeries yeah what i like why turn to murder right i mean was she still collecting checks on those people that's what I assumed. Like, that's the only that's thing that it, made sense to me. It was like, oh, yeah, she's... You don't have to pay to take care of them, and now you can take the whole check instead of yeah. a cut. Yeah, no, that is... That's so crazy. Because, like... And so many people came to testify to be like, no, but she's a good person, granny. But she was just killing people for money. Right. Or so you, it seems. My thing is, like, so she she's making these she's getting all these checks and the dichotomy of like she genuinely to the outside like looked like a good caregiver yeah so So many people taking care of some of these people and was making a profit Mm -hmm. why and so many of the the healthcare workers like knew of her and respected her Mm -hmm. enough to send people there like it had a reputation of being a good boarding house yeah and you were making money why 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 take the next jump into killing people right because because that's going to mess it up at some point fraud is one thing 
forgery's one thing. Like, was she always just, like, cold and unfeeling and, like, was masking that entire time? And just, like, had an outlet for it now? Yeah, and it's, like, there was, because it was that few-year period, because she gets out of jail, and then that's when the MO changes. Yeah. Is after prison is when these bodies start turning up. Well, kind of, because Ruth technically happened before jail, but, like, I don't even know if I believe, like, Ruth was included in all of them, and she was charged for Ruth's murder, but, like, there's there's no proof that she was lying for Ruth, other than the fact that she turned up to be a serial killer later. Yeah. So it's like, for all we know, she didn't kill Ruth. And she got away with Ruth early on, so that might have inspired, like, well, I didn't kill her, but they believed what I said anyway. I think the thing that gets me is, like, uh, right, because I was about to say, she, so you expect me to believe that she murders Ruth and then doesn't kill anybody else for, like, eight years? I mean... And then kill seven people? I mean, like, it, it, I think that's happened before with other killers where you, you, you know, there's gaps sometimes, but... It just felt a little sussy. Yeah. No, I agree. I think... I wouldn't know where to stand with Ruth because Ruth might have died for like cops. Yeah. Like the cops showed up for Ruth. Yeah. She didn't she didn't call the cops for these other ones. Yeah. It's a little that's a little sus. A little sussy baka. I am so conflicted because it's like because so many people showed up to speak on her character yeah no i agree that she she might have been you know your your childhood has a profound impact yeah. on you and it it is a, a thing to say like she was a good person in some sense and tried to help people but there was mm-hmm. also something in there that wasn't good and like yeah. how much of that was was her own fault is what you have yeah. to argue there I think, like, that's a fair argument to say, like, she's helped so many people. Don't kill her. Like, (laughs) like, I can see that argument. Like, life imprisonment without the chance of parole. They're still, they can't leave prison, you know. And the thing, like, with that is, like, so she, she goes to jail. Prison makes sense as a stressor. Like, she serves three years and then comes out and within that same year her body count goes up by one Mm -hmm. like that makes sense i don't i feel like a conspiracy theorist but like it feels so i don't know if i think she killed ruth just because it doesn't make sense with like the rest of her but like even if she did hypothetically like the narrative then would be like she killed ruth she gets a she calls the cops on herself she gets away with it and then waits which is almost more unnerving. Yeah. It starts if that's like what happened. Calculating how it plays out and sees if why it's worth it to try again. It? Yeah. I mean, even if she didn't do it, like, why did they believe that I was innocent there? Yeah. And then really starts playing into the grandma. Grandma innocence. Have you looked up pictures of her yet? Not yet. I didn't want to actually do spoil it. anything. What was no. her, her name? Dorothea? Not- 
So it's spelled like Dorothy, but instead of a Y, it's a T-H-E-A. Okay. And then Puenta is P-U-E-N. She popped up. Yeah. Oh, that. she is just a grandma. Yeah. Like, she... Isn't oh, there's cr- the house? Yeah. Look at her house. It's just a house. Look how small her backyard is. Yeah. Oh, that's so... Like, you might have to look up a... Like, click home so it'll bring you to her house. But, like, her backyard is, like, not even the size of my bedroom. Like, no, and her neighbor's right there. Big. And they can see... Her neighbor's house is two stories tall. Mm-hmm. You can see into the backyard. <laughs> Just over the fence. And, like, look at how she's dressed. Yeah, I just saw the picture of the the pink dress. Mm-hmm. Like... And the vintage clothing. Her glasses. The big granny glasses. Oh, there's apparently a, uh, a show called Murder House Flip. And they flip her home. Like, redo it. That's kind of gross. I'm curious to see, though, because I, like, like, people just buy serial killers' houses, sometimes mm-hmm. unknowing that a serial killer lived there. Yeah, because they don't have to tell you. No, and or I like think that's a, so weird. Years this one, it seems like they, they, that's a selling point. They're like, are you crazy enough to stay here? Yeah, but, like, their houses are separated by, like, a few feet of space yeah no there is not much room on the side or in the backs the front yard is like right up against the there's another house backed up against the back of hers like she had like a that might not have always been there but her backyard was not small no i found an aerial view too or was not big sorry i meant it was small yeah that's crazy oh there's inside I found one of the, the... Oh, someone built it in Sims. I've seen that. <laughs> That's but crazy. Like, she does just look like someone's grandma. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? Like, her... Neighbors... Like should have seen something yeah i can't get over the fact that that house next door you can just see over the fence and that was what got me too because when i was reading it i was picturing very much like ed gein very much farmhouse you're out by yourself a rural area but like no that's like on a busy street the sidewalk reach there's a sidewalk in in front of a fence and that's what separates her from the front steps yeah like her backyard is barely bigger than my bedroom um and the plot of land is even smaller because if you notice like there's her house and then there's a garage that's like catty corner and then yeah, behind a her shed. house there's like this it's like a strip of dirt and it's like that's where seven bodies were 
Yeah, I just on this picture that shows like some of them were on the side. It shows where they yeah. they found the where they dug people up from. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Because yeah, the <laughs> you could fit like one person in the backyard, but on yeah. that side too. Yeah, that's so weird. So weird. Isn't that insane? That's wild. Wait, send me that picture in the Google Drive. Oh, the the one with... The map. Yeah. Or not the Google Drive, the Discord, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, it gets me. I, I feel crazy. Nice, okay, thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, imagine that though. You're the cop, and that day you're like, "Okay, we're we're looking for a man. Like, dig up her garden. Okay, we found it. Yo, this isn't a man's body. Yeah, to find what you're not looking for—that's the worst feeling. It has to be to and realize it, to me, it's, it's like, the wrong body. Because you know, bodies take a while to identify. But like that—that that was a woman's body. Yeah, like, they not, knew they were looking for a man. I was like, oh shit. That's not that's not who we're looking for. Oops. Like <laughs> How do you go back to work? Like how do you yeah. go home that night? Oh, there's a bug. Ah. But yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, I'm still looking at the the pictures. I'll stop. I know. For some reason her face like really trips me up. Like cuz it's like sweet grandma and then you like look at her eyes and it's like completely dead behind the eyes. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. She just like is someone's no, grandma, but there's looks no evil warmth also. there. Mm, yeah. Crazy. There's like there's no warmth in her eyes. There's no feeling there. It's like and like that's what I we've talked about it on here before. Like the thing that separates female serial killers from male serial killers years like she she got away with this for nearly a decade if she did count ruth like cold and calculated she would not have gotten caught had she not killed that man specifically yeah at least for another few years and that part's insane to me the fact that she nearly like successfully escaped There's a sign on the fence to her house that says the ghosts like to get out and terrorize the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, her house was also on ghost adventures. Yeah, and then Which there's a trespasser sign that says trespassers will be drugged and buried in the yard. Oh, that's fucked up. I don't like that. That's so, like, <laughs> awful. People died. Yeah. Because it's, like, we've talked about it before, too, like, the line between what's glorifying and what's information. Because it's, like, that's that's not okay. That's not okay. That's where the line is. Yeah. You don't make jokes. Like, that's not funny. I Yeah, I think you could say, this is Dorothy Fuentes' house. She was yeah. a serial killer who drugged people and buried them in the yard. But to, to make a trespasser sign like that. No, that's not That's cute. making that's- light of people who that happened too like that's not a haha funny because i think the last time we talked about it i brought up the 
guys who romanticize war and who yeah. get like, really into wars and like guns and the like body counts and all that stuff like there's a line between education and making like, light almost of something making light and the, that's the line and that's oh that's my final thought are you ready for intermission i need a oh, yeah, snack sure. i do too you want to say it and intermission bum 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 and we're back hello podcast hello podcast would you like to tell them what your snack was it was um a bowl of rice chicken flavored uh and a couple of these cookies are those a circus animal cookie? Oh my god. Yeah, it's the Christmas edition though. Crack. <laughs> those cookies are literal drugs. So good. For no reason. The Halloween edition was not it. The orange, like, food coloring made them taste weird. But these. Really? I didn't have like the, the normal ones. ones. Yeah. Wait, I Christmas get... was three months ago. Yeah. okay okay (laughs) you didn't question that when i had tins of christmas cookies earlier those seem like they could like survive like a nuclear war though like honestly they might be able to they're so good they're like not stale at all also like it's soft cookies it's all the chemicals i know and they're good and that's what makes them taste good yeah the other day i was doing a lot of heavy lifting at work and I got home. And I was like, all I want right now is a Baja Blast and some Taco <laughs> Bell cheese. <laughs> oh, sometimes Baja Blast, it'll hit you out of nowhere. It's not an addiction. It's just like a fever dream. And all <laughs> of a sudden, you have to have a Baja Blast. No, literally. And it's like once in a blue moon, that's all I crave. And if I don't get it, like, I become a monster. No, if I had a rough day, I have to seek out a baja blast and those cinnamon twist ah uh, i love it cures the, everything ever the, i know they're like cinnabon delights or whatever i call them cum balls but <laughs> oh no i don't like those are so good mm, i'm not a fan i like the the crunchy cinnamon twist what lux has sat on the cum balls before Oh no. <laughs> it was an accident. They were distressed. No, I would be distressed. I don't want those things on me. <laughs> um, but over intermission, so first of all, I ordered Domino's. Um, but second of all, we were texting in like our our work group chat and one of our friends was like, "Oh, she's I'm being productive." He was talking about her paper she was writing and I said that we just finished the first half of recording and she said that she's so excited to listen and that she works her way backwards because starting from the beginning is daunting although she listened to the first four before she started going backwards oh so she's heard us call out (laughs) that we're terrified of the people who listen listen backwards backwards. I thought that was made up. That's crazy. That, and that is I a said real thing. The first four meaning the last four or the actual first four? 
and she said the actual first four um she started working her way backwards so 48 through 38 haven't listened to 42 yet and i said ah interesting we definitely roast people who listen backwards so prepare for that emotionally she (laughs) said that's good i love a good roast it Uh, scares me i don't understand but she said because while you're listening the other way they start going up yeah like so how do you listen that's a good question in the discord friend who i don't know if i can say your name on the podcast (laughs) tell me how do you deal with the fact that as you're listening backwards more episodes are popping up on the back end do you listen to those first and then resume backwards or do you like finish going backwards and then start from the new point and go backwards to those and then start from the new point and go oh that's that's scarier than i thought somehow yeah Yeah, i only ever thought of it in the context of like there's like an end point and then like watching a show backwards which Which, why would you watch a show backwards (laughs) but literally would be pure insanity i yeah no i'm gonna try it but she also said that she likes listening because it makes her feel like she's on the phone with us. And oh, it's that's cool. great, and it makes her laugh. And I said, that's so nice, the best compliments. And then I said, the first episodes are so awkward. I think episode three was when we got comfortable, though, because that was the first one with the weird stuff. And then she said she could definitely feel a shift from being like, okay, shit, we're doing a podcast, to like, okay, we got this. And it was just nice nice and now we're on episode 45 which is an (laughs) insane number yeah that's a lot of them but i like it like no i'm having fun i think it's fun and like i like that we continued to do the podcast with like we have a solid number of you of listeners like not everybody's in our discord obviously but like Mm -hmm. our analytics aren't bad like people listen to us even Mm -hmm. if they don't all interact it just feels so cozy right now yeah i've heard like youtubers who blow up and they talk about it it's like there is something special about like the Mm -hmm. first group of it all and like i saw somebody new joined our discord today actually i think i did see that pop up but like i wanna i wanna advertise on tiktok so there's more people Uh oh but like I can't I hear like you. Our cozy group. What? I can't hear you. I can't hear you either. You can't hear me? I heard Discord. <laughs> I can just see Mac making strange faces. Hello? 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 Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. Yeah. Okay. What happened? I think my internet shit out, but at the same time, I registered that you said, I can't hear you. I couldn't <laughs> hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I just heard Discord go, put a doom, put a doom, put a doom, put a doom. And I was like, oh my God, the call failed. <laughs> but now it was my internet. My pizza was done like 15 minutes ago. Do you remember that one time we sat there and the pizza was done for an hour and you called and they're like, yeah, we're not delivering it for another two. Yeah. What? Just on a random Friday night. 
now I have PTSD. Like, it's a Monday night. Are you understaffed or are you busy? <gasps> no. It's been quality checked four times. <laughs> I just want my pizza. <laughs> anyway, what's your topic today? An other. Oh. These episodes are the worst. <laughs> Where you have to tell me about a crime and then... Mine is a, is a, a good old-fashioned conspiracy. No. <laughs> it's nothing weird. It's a, it's a conspiracy. It's a pretty big one. I hope... Uh, <laughs> I think it's really fun. So, hopefully you don't know too much about it. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty guess? mainstream conspiracy. I try to think of hints that don't give it away. Um, okay. Uh, Involves a well-known person. Quite a couple of them, actually. The Quite CIA did kill JFK? No. Okay. But um, in the same vein. Oh. <laughs> the moon landing was fake. No. Gosh, that would be a hard episode. Oh, yeah. In the same vein as the CIA and Kennedy. Oh, no. Um, the Illuminati? No. Because um, isn't the theory that the CIA killed JFK because he didn't want to go to war or something? Uh, yeah, or like hit something maybe to do with like the invasions of the yeah. Pigs Bay, whatever it was. Because I think that was a, a mess up. I don't remember, though. It's that same vein. It's Bay not the moon landing. No, no. Definitely the... stick with... It's not c- too crazy. Uh, famous people, though. Famous people. I don't like this. Um, 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 Leah Michelle can't read. No. That's wild, though. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. There's a very large theory that Leah Michelle, the the star of Glee, like genuinely can't read. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah, never learned how. I don't know. Um, you were you were I mean that just gives it away. I can't. <laughs> you were very close. I'm talking about uh the Kennedys conspiring to kill Marilyn Monroe. <gasps> oh <laughs> shit. No. Yeah. That's crazy. So, do you know much about it? No. No? Okay, that's exciting. I enjoy it. I knew that Uh, they, like, had an affair or whatever, but that's it. Yeah. Um, It gets pretty, like, weird. It gets into some stuff. But first, we're going to talk about Marilyn Monroe. So, can I, before you start, can I ask, is this, like, a a conspiracy theory that we know is true? true or is it is it like a true conspiracy theory we we talk i'll like mention it again but it it's hazy where the, okay. the truth is because some of it's sensationalized because it's huge names it's mm-hmm. the kennedys and also marilyn monroe right so some of it the media took and ran with it and some gotcha. of it we just like it some of it's also classified documents that <laughs> we only so have so fun as some only so much of it's been unredacted 
I or isn't redacted. I absolutely love when classified documents are involved because the the reading them out and then the redacted like gets me every fucking time. Like, why did you redact that? Like, yeah, no, it is <sighs> bad. I got to do my shout outs though. I the Wikipedia page had a lot on her, not on the conspiracy though. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch BuzzFeed's video for the conspiracy. It wasn't. Uh, it was BuzzFeed and Solve, but it was the other guy, not Shane and Ryan. Oh, I know who you're talking about. No, I, I, I just don't know I his just name. looked up his name because I'm giving him credit. I blank. I don't know it right now. Yeah. Hopefully, I remember. I'll look it up at the end. It'll um, come to you as you're talking. But if you look up Marilyn Monroe, BuzzFeed Unsolved, the video pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read just a lot of just like tabloid articles, really yeah. short. Uh, just like stuff online. Just fun. People's quick renditions of it or like i couldn't read all the long books about it but i would look up articles talking about the you book you didn't read a novel no an hour-long episode of this fucking podcast how dare you are you not committed no i quit <laughs> right here you never fair. get to know what happens fair you could google it it just told you what video i watched you'll never find it <laughs> tell me no. everything okay i don't know how much you know about Marilyn Monroe, but her absolutely life, nothing. That's exciting. Her life is um, pretty pretty crazy. Um, I don't know if I have to clarify who Marilyn Monroe is. <laughs> She's like a, a pop icon or like that? whatever. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was an actor, a singer, a model. I don't know. Like, how do you? She's pop culture. Yeah, you know, she she is pop culture. Yeah, no, literally, it's she's like everywhere. Her, I Madonna, don't know how to Princess Diana. No, she's literally just she's the picture perfect example of mm-hmm. old Hollywood too. Like that's what the the that generation of Hollywood surrounded. So like I don't know how to explain to someone who she is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone knows too. If you don't, tell me in Discord. I can send you the Wikipedia link. Let's talk. Um, she made over two billion dollars in today's money over her her very successful career, um, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, if uh, Marilyn Monroe was alive today, would we want to eat her? Would Would she be part of the Eat the Rich? Cause oh I think yeah, she would be. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. Anyone in old Hollywood is the definition of eat the rich gotta eat marilyn (laughs) that's Um, what kennedy said (laughs) anyway (laughs) that's the name of this week's episode so she does not start from glamour and success she's not born into hollywood or anything and she had a pretty turbulent upbringing actually some of it's sad um it's a pretty pretty rough childhood i'd venture to say Um, Also, Marilyn Monroe is not the name she was born with. That is a stage name that she later, like, changes to her actual name. Uh, But she was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles. What's her Um, zodiac sign? Oh, I didn't look it up. You didn't look up Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my God. Emily. We can take a pause. Find it for me. I thought I've conditioned you. But she wasn't a murderer. (laughs) June 1st. I thought we were getting all the the murderers. Uh, 1926. 
She's a Gemini. Oh, that's fun. What's Kennedy's zodiac sign? Are they compatible? <laughs> I'm literally looking it up. JFK birthday? Excuse me, that should not pull up the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> May 29th zodiac? Also a Gemini, huh? Yeah. Are Geminis compatible with Geminis? I don't know. <laughs> compatible with with Geminis. Overall, two Geminis in a relationship make a decent zodiac couple. According to blah blah blah. They match each other's intelligence. A <laughs> what was flair blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that word is. A flair <laughs> for social events and independence. They make a fun couple. However, they will have to work on their emotional bond. Lux just ran by. <laughs> Lux scurried by because the pizza is definitely here. Uh-oh. Did you know that JFK was a, Z- a Gemini? Hi. <laughs> he hey. just woke up from a nap. I had a six-hour nap today. I didn't sleep last night, though. That's why. Oh, I was about to say, I'm so proud of you. You napped. <laughs> oh. Carol just cuddled into our bed. It's so cute. <laughs> And I have no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me what his name was. Oh. No, you stole my spot. No, let him stay. Let him stay. <laughs> Sorry, keep telling me about JFK. I have pizza now. I'm so interested in this story. Okay. Uh, her family was was poor, uh, and it stayed that way throughout her childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived with her mother. 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 Uh, mother in the old country. I started <laughs> reading her name. It's Gladys. I saw the D. So, mother. Can you uh, her mother's name is Gladys Pearl Baker. Okay. Um, so, there were some not great things that happened before Marilyn Monroe was born. Uh, her mom, Gladys, had married a man, John Newton Baker. She was only 15 at the time. The mom. <laughs> what? Monroe is not. <coughs> Sorry. Wait, what? Errol aggressively ass-attacked Lux. (laughs) His words, not mine. Continue. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're good. Um, It's like having children in the room. Monroe's not born yet. Uh, Her mom, Gladys, is 15, and she marries a man that was 9 years older than her. Oh, my God. I was about to say that's a crime. I've, like, lost the ability to read. Uh, So, that makes him 24. Uh, and he was not a great guy. He was abusive towards her mom. Uh, they had two children, uh, one named Robert, who was born in 1917, and Bernice, who was born in 1919. Um, okay. After living with him for a while, Gladys finally had enough, and she filed for divorce and custody of the two kids in 1923. Uh, she is successful successful with getting custody and filing for divorce, but Good Baker comes back. Oh. Uh, and kidnaps the kids that what? he lost custody of and takes them to Kentucky. And From just, where? They're in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a fucking road trip. Yeah. Um, he just so like, smuggled children over state lines. He just steals the kids. Uh, and then Marilyn is born three years later in 1926. Uh, so her, 
her step siblings are away. In I was about Kentucky to say, so he's point. not her father, right? No, uh, the identity of her father is still unknown. We don't know who her dad is. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> she she uh, also had no idea she had these half siblings until she was twelve. Um, Mom just left that out. Yeah, and she was only able to meet her sister after they became adults. I believe her brother, her half-brother, got sick when he was Aww. younger. No, that's um, so sad. Uh, but she does meet her, her sister, Bernice, when they're older, though. Mm. I don't know their exact age, but they're both adults at the time. Well, I'm glad they got to meet at least. Yeah, but that's crazy. Imagine that your this- half-sister is Marilyn Monroe. Also that. That's wild. You just one day Wait, get a call from crazy? Marilyn Monroe. Hi, no, I found I was... you on Ancestry.com. Uh, my name is Marilyn Monroe. Uh, I am your half-sister. You want to get coffee? This is a prank call. Yeah, that would... <laughs> no. Um, so, Gladys did her, her best to, like... She's a, a single parent now whose mm-hmm. other children were just smuggled to Kentucky. Stolen. Uh, but she was also working full-time. She was a film negative cutter at Consolidated Film Industries. Oh, um, that's such so an interesting she, job. Yeah, I thought that was that was cool that she worked kind of on film. And then Marilyn Monroe is like the biggest thing in film mm-hmm. later in her life. Weird things, weird connections. No, uh, really. But since she's busy, she puts uh, Marilyn uh, with foster parents. Oh. And they're, they're in Hawthorne. I'm not sure where Hawthorne is, but <laughs> for those of you who do, it's in Hawthorne. Uh, these foster parents were evangelical Christians, super Christian, uh, and Gladys actually lived with them for the first six months, uh, but work picked up a little after that, so she wasn't able to, to stay. She had to move a little bit closer, so she visited every weekend. She was there on the weekends, and the parents, the foster parents took care of her during That's the week. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. The fact that she, her mom was in the picture, but she was literally being fostered? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting dynamic. But it's also, like, it's a cool, like, I'm glad the mom was able to do that. So no, yeah, the little like, kid wasn't at home alone all the time. It, but it justifies it but like yeah it's like daycare versus foster family like it's so weird that that's the route she took and like you could like there's no no family relatives like no family friends or anything like it's just did she go through like legal means to get them fostered or is it like we're calling it fostered because they stayed with her during the week yeah i i don't know the no, yeah, little bits of it but I, it is just weird uh then when marilyn is seven her mom purchases a house in hollywood and they Aww. they are able to live together at this point uh and they share they shared this house with another family i believe the the other family was famous <laughs> i meant to go back up and look up their names i believe it was another actor or an actor and an actress that were married oh. and they had a kid too um a year after getting this house, though, Glad- Gladys suffers a bad mental breakdown that leads to her getting diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, oh and she God. remains in and out of hospitals for the rest of her life. Oh, damn. Uh, and Marilyn pretty much loses contact with her through this. It also leaves Marilyn with a fear of the same thing happening to her. 
Like that's just so sad. Just like breaking one day. Yeah, because she she watches her mom go through it. Um, a family friend of her mom's, Grace Goodard, takes responsibility over Marilyn and her mother's medical affairs. So like, make sure where the fuck was Grace when she was being fostered? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know when and why these people come in at the times that they do. <laughs> um, for a little over a year, she lived in the house with the other family, like the the, the house the mom had purchased with that famous family. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Marilyn just lived with them. Okay. And she may, <laughs> I don't know, but she she may have been abused during this time. It's not a hundred percent for sure, but it is believed that it wasn't the best living conditions, like physically or sexually. Uh, I think both. Oh, uh, but shit. it wasn't confirmed from what I could tell. Um, during this time, she develops a, a stutter that could be <gasps> from trauma or anxiety, and it makes her even more of a withdrawn kid, and she was already pretty shy just because mm-hmm. of everything going on in her life, uh, but it was just not a great upbringing. Uh, she moves in with the family friend Grace for a short time during the summer, like, getting away from that house. Uh but uh, that's in 1935. I don't know why I wrote that sentence like that. Anyway, she moves in with Grace, the <laughs> friend of the moms. And it doesn't last long, though. It's only for like three months during the summer. And she's put into an orphanage <gasps> at the end of it. The orphanage was a well-run and funded orphanage. Okay. But <laughs> but being dropped off at an orphanage is still, you know, it's difficult. No, yeah. Like, uh, no, no matter her. Yeah, no matter how good of it. Like, so many friends were like, it was a great place. They had all these great programs. But that's still hard to, like, you can't no, write yeah. that off and be like, it's a good orphanage, though. Literally that's... no one wanted her. <laughs> um, Imagine not wanting Marilyn Monroe. Exactly. All these people probably really regret it. <laughs> not, like, giving her a place to stay. Especially even just for personal gain. Yeah. Even if they were just being selfish. But, yeah. She, I'm not sure how long, like, exactly how many years she's in the orphanage, but it is a few years that she's there. But after that, Grace takes her back. I don't know if it's just, like, more financially able to take care of her. I'm on, I don't know why. Uh, But sadly, her husband molests her only after a few months of being back in the house. Um, and then from this moment on, she lives with different relatives, family, friends, and just kind of hops around every few months. Men ain't shit. Uh, yeah, that. Um, in 1938, she moves in with Grace's aunt. She attends junior high during this time, but then the, the aunt faced some medical health problems, and so she moves back in with Grace and the husband that molested her in 1941. Um, oh, what the fuck? I don't know if anything happens again, but she does have to be back in that house, which is enough of a problem. Uh, in 1942, Grace's husband needed to you. move for work, and the child I protection laws in California at the time didn't allow Monroe to move oh, with no. them. Oh, no. One second. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Oh, it I came can... back. Hello? 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 Okay, I think my internet, like, dipped out again a little bit, but it stayed connected mostly this time. So, like, oh, I, I can't hear, hear you now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. My internet's struggling. 
Yeah, you like said every sentence you said at the same time. Okay. The last <laughs> thing I heard was she moved back in with the man that molested her. And then I read your lips and I think you said, which is still traumatic. Yeah. I don't, that's what I was saying. I don't know if anything happened again. Like if he okay. did anything to her again. But it's still not cool having to move back in a house where something like that happened. Um, and then in 1942, Grace's husband needed to move for work to a different state. It was, mm-hmm. like, a big move. And the child protection laws didn't allow uh, Marilyn to move with them. Oh. The, the plan was going to send her back to the orphanage, but Monroe did not want this. She did not want to be back there. And she instead winds up marrying 21-year-old James Doherty on June 19th, 1942. And this is just two weeks after she turned 16. Oh, my God. Uh, and he was the neighbor's son. They were friends. And she, she does it to, to avoid having to go back into the orphanage. He's 19? He's 21. Oh. Still a pro- problematic. Yeah. It's, a, it's enough of a gap. <laughs> She's 15. Uh, yeah. Just turned 16. Yeah. Yeah, it's days or weeks later. Um, she drops out of high school to be, like, a housewife, pretty much. Uh, but she gets bored with being a housewife. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and she also said the marriage wasn't, it wasn't bad, but, like, it wasn't exciting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything she wanted from a marriage. Uh, in 1943, she and James moved to Santa Catalina Island after James enlists in the Merchant Marine. Okay. Um... She gets a job working munitions for the war in 1944. Uh, (laughs) And later that year, she meets a a photographer who was sent to take, it was called morale boosting photos of the women working hard back home for the war. So I like the the Rosie the Riveter pictures. He was coming to take the, the show that the women were stepping up and helping the war. The fact Uh, that this is, this is Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Yeah um so she she this is where she kind of gets connections in that world and she actually i don't think is in any of the war posters she gets pictures taken that guy yeah who didn't publish them but then he she continues to work with that same guy uh modeling and she um so he discovered her yeah, but just doesn't use her on that project. She He just pulls her on for other projects. Um, I think they just took so many pictures that they That's just fair. only made so many posters and had a lot to go through. Um, and so, I don't know why I, like, lose where I am on the page, but That's I do. Fair. Uh, yeah, so she she's working with the same guy, and they eventually get this contract going, and it's with a, a blue book model agency in 1945. So it's pretty, like, yeah, great entry into the modeling career. And and she hits the ground running, obviously. It's Marilyn it's Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> uh, so she starts up as a, a pinup model, is where she actually starts getting published in, like, pinup ads and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We talked about in the... Uh, Betty Page are with the the hotel oh that that she had done an ad by that pool was just doing anything with that like bathing suit pinup style overlap (gasps) yeah (laughs) Um, 
Uh, but she quickly gains traction in all sorts of fields uh, with different sorts of modeling, whether it, she starts with pinup but moves into like fashion and stuff yeah. pretty quickly, especially after straightening and her, her hair. Her hair mm. is naturally really curly, which I didn't mm. know that. And it's also brownish red, like a pretty warm red. And she, oh, at wow. this point, dyes it blonde and straightens it more and does those like big blown out curls instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of sticks with that for the rest of her career but it it, especially after starting that her career just takes off yeah Uh, after a year of modeling she signs her first acting contract (gasps) so it's super fast oh yeah she gets into the industry um and this acting contract is where she dons the stage name marilyn monroe she later changes it her actual name legally But right now, this is where the Marilyn Monroe name is, is thought born, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a good name. Yeah, I know. Whoever helped her, or however she came up with that, like I don't know what went into it, but they nailed it. Oh, yeah, the alliteration. Uh, Monroe said that this rough upbringing actually inspired her to be an actor and model because she didn't like the world she lived in and loved Aww. the idea of like living whatever life she dreamed of and that's just so sweet she's a perfect (laughs) specimen um she said quote i don't like the world around me because it was kind of grim when i heard that this was acting i said that's what i want to be some of my foster families used to send me to the movies to get me out of the house and there i'd sit all day and way into the night up in front there with the big screen so big a little kid all alone and i loved it oh my god god (laughs) she was like born to be in the movies no literally um her foster family sent her to the movies to get her out of the house and then also marilyn monroe imagine you (laughs) bro oh my Um, god everything about this is flabbergasting no it's so fascinating and i didn't know a lot of it um keep having to remind myself it's a true crime podcast yeah it does get a little weird at the end (laughs) She, she was hooked on acting though obviously and she has a very 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 successful career with all of this um but she was also left with severe anxiety depression and chronic insomnia because oh. of her childhood uh, me too and, marilyn <laughs> yeah and barbiturates amphetamines and alcohol quickly become a coping mechanism no. for her uh, towards the end of her career, she became known as hard to work with and a perfectionist who demanded retakes until it was exactly how she wanted. And a lot of this was due to stage fright. She wanted Aww. to make sure she looked right, like anxiety from filming. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also was weird. A lot of people noted that she was much easier to work with in photo shoots with modeling. It just came more naturally. Acting, oh. she wanted to be good at it, but the anxiety of wanting to like, be perfect her from being at good it. Good at it. Yeah. I'm she was great at it. Well, but, yeah, like, but uh, from relaxing it, into it like the same way she would modeling. Yeah. It um that's and a lot crazy. of it at the beginning of the acting it does seem she was like she didn't get that reputation and a lot of people think it was because of like starting to lean harder on the drugs and alcohol that she kind of gets more grouchy which is (laughs) grouchy the thing with drugs you know your your temper Mm -hmm. is definitely affected um she was often late 
or just didn't show up, especially later in her career, again, couldn't be me. Drugs and stuff. Come on, Marilyn. <laughs> um, uh, this obviously did not stop her from getting wildly popular. No, yeah. Uh, and was also in a lot of the top movies at the time. You know, she was in, like, started off in B movies, but very quickly gets deals with, like, Fox and stuff. Yeah. So is in some of the biggest Fox. movies of the time. It's fucking Movie insane. after movie. Um, uh, but sadly, she gets addicted to her, her coping mechanisms in 1956 is when mm. it, it really starts to take a turn. Uh, and due to this, she begins facing some health troubles on the back no. end of her career. Uh, during the filming of one movie in I 1962, I know it's so sad. She had such a hard time and like really turned it around, right? But it's it's <laughs> a lot of people point out so she was sad. obviously struggling too, but nobody she they wanted to make money off of her. They never Which, took the yeah. the time of day to like actually get her the help she needed. It's very reminiscent of like the Betty Page stuff. Yeah, like, nope. People just glossed over it because... They cared about how she looked. Yeah. Yeah. During the filming of one movie in 1962, she took a break for six weeks because she was really sick during the time. And some people believe she she faked this sickness. Like, it was just so... Uh, she said she was sick to get away from the stress of work. Okay. So it wasn't actually super, super sick. But it was six weeks of, like, yeah. taking way, off she of left. filming a movie, which... Pushing back movie scheduling By even like a week almost is crazy. Months. That, yeah, so did not go over well. <laughs> she also, during this break, she travels to New York to sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President on stage to JFK at his birthday celebration. Crazy. Uh, she was late when she was cute on stage, <laughs> too. Uh, she seems a little tipsy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and a lot of people were not a fan of this performance, saying uh, it was overly sexual. And uh, her dress was super skin tight. She had to be sewn into it. It was so, like, form-fitting. Um, and this it was woman. Also skin-colored, covered in uh, hand-stitched-on jewels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it looked like she just had jewels on. It was the same color as her skin. So no, it looked she like should. she was naked. She's here uh, to seduce the president. Exactly. Uh, you would and, too if you if the bag presents itself. You don't get question the bag. The bag. <laughs> you get the bag. Uh, the first lady at the time blames Robert Kennedy, <laughs> JFK's I brother. She existed. Uh, she was for orchestrating Marilyn Monroe's appearance at the birthday celebration. Oh, I forgot about Jackie. I'm sorry, Jackie. <laughs> Recipes, Jackie. Jackie um, Kennedy. She was also, right before that, I couldn't find too much information on this, uh, but put, she was put in a mental health institution for a brief moment in 1961. Mm. Just, like, was really struggling at one point and had to go there. But yeah. it was very quick. Um, after the movie she takes a six-week break from, the next one she's working on is is also with Fox, but she, again, starts to take a ton of time off and just not showing up unannounced. And the, the company at this point cannot afford to keep getting behind. Yeah. They had a six-week break on the last movie. Uh, so they actually wind up firing and suing her publicly. Oh, my God. Uh, and Fox also starts bashing her in media. Fuck them. Which hits her public image pretty hard they do like reconcile and they 
retract some of the statements yeah. and do work with her a little more. But she's sick. Um, like, yeah, and her, her career really never hits the same heights again after this. She had plans for future projects, oh. uh, but before they are completed, she is found dead in her home on August 4th, 1962. I don't like this. Go back to telling me about when she was happy. There's so much interesting stuff, like, with the career, too. I just yeah. couldn't sit here and talk about each movie she was in. Um, and this is why we have to start a Patreon, so we can start info-dumping about random shit. Yeah. No, because there was some really cool stuff, but she, like, constantly was in acting school, like, was always bettering the craft of acting. She worked with some pretty, like, famous acting coaches. Um <sighs> I want cool stuff like that. There's also a lot life. of she like was married to Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, at I was one point. about to say we're just glossing <laughs> over that. Uh, yeah, I skipped all the. Li- she's married to like a lot of famous people. Oh no, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like he's but, the like, big one, right? Yeah, she's married to some authors too. I think two different authors. Um, I feel like I remember that. Just lots of people. <laughs> yeah, uh, there were so many names. Um. But yeah, we get into some crazy stuff. So. Tell me about the crazy. Um, so, her housekeeper, that is not spelled right. I think it autocorrected something. Let me make sure I say You're good. the name right. I'm going to take a bite of bread. Yeah, it is. Okay, Eunice is her name. It definitely added a V in for some reason. Eunice. Or maybe I hit it. Uh, but Eunice is her housekeeper. Let me scroll back to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eunice Murray is her housekeeper, and she was staying overnight in the house, and she woke up very early and had a very uneasy feeling that something was wrong. This was yeah. at about 3 a.m., and she sees the, the light. <laughs> uh, she sees that the light is still on in Monroe's room, but when she knocks and calls out, there is no noise. So she calls Monroe's psychiatrist first, Ralph Greenson, to help to like help out and see if he can figure out what's going on and he winds up breaking the bedroom window with a fireplace poker and he is the one who finds her in the bed uh passed away at this point good for him for like breaking in though yeah instead of being like like, oh she'll wake up tomorrow and feel fine she's probably just drunk like no he showed up got in (laughs) and he broke in uh her physician is called next and he is the one to like confirm that she is dead uh, the police oh. were not contacted until over an hour after they had found her dead in the bed. There is a strange a little gap sketchy. of time where no one is contacted but those two people. Mm. Um, the police come and they report that nothing was unusual in the house. And they declare that she had died of an overdose at the age of 36. <laughs> Your face, I was letting you. Do you I, have words? <laughs> that's so sketchy. What uh, were they her, doing for an hour? <laughs> that. Uh, her death was only three months after the the Kennedy birthday party. Let me double. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's the birthday party. For some reason, I thought in... that was longer. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize she died that no, I, soon after. No, I didn't write the um, the month that the the birthday was in. No, that's fine. I trust. Oh, we you. just said it. It was May. 
Oh, yeah, because his, yeah, his birthday, his birthday party May. was, it was a little earlier than his birthday, but it was some point in May, and then mm-hmm. in August, she passes away. Um, so, yeah, three months after the, the birthday bash, and <laughs> during this party, a man named Peter Lawford, uh, who is JFK's brother-in-law, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but introduced her as the late Marilyn Monroe on stage, and this is because she was late to the event. But some people say it's really creepy. No, that's some of the evidence that we start talking about, it seems like he knew some things. Um, that's fucked. If he... Mm, tell me everything. Uh, another interesting note is that a lot of... <laughs> it is believed that she had lots of affairs with dozens of notable men like mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra. Uh, Knew about that one. Yeah, so we there's... Tons of people, though, that say they were with Marilyn Monroe at some point. Uh, And huge rumors at the time were that she slept with John F. Kennedy and also his brother, Robert F. Kennedy. Really? Um, And, like, some people treat it as fact due to this point, due to so much circumstantial evidence that it's almost, we almost know that these affairs happened. Both. With both of them. That's crazy. Um, but it's also, like, imagine, though, like, some of those men are definitely lying. Like, not yeah, all of them. Yeah, some of them just want to say, that I, slept I slept with, with Marilyn Monroe. But I hate that. That's so sad for her. Um, even, yeah, like, if, a toy even after she dies. Yeah, just a bragging point to some people. That's so sad. No, old Hollywood is so awful. Disgusting. Like, the, the toxicity men ain't shit the misogyny all of that yeah oh it's bad in old hollywood um but yeah if this is true (laughs) jfk and her had an affair in 1961 Mm -hmm. but in fear of the scandal coming to light during uh like you know he wants to be a reelected he can't have this big affair blow up and then ruin his re-election right um he cut it off he said like couldn't see her anymore and i think they only like looking at dates that they were in the same areas there was one time they could have like done the deed gotten together Mm -hmm. um so it was a very short-lived affair but at this point he introduces her to robert his brother uh and they hit it off and uh they also start an affair pretty soon after but she she falls hard in love for him is no kind of what goes on uh he was married at the time so it is a pretty <laughs> pretty scandalous affair. The more you so, talk, the more I hate it. Uh, as Marilyn, with the, that last movie where she is publicly fired mm-hmm. and sued, and her, her public image is really affected by that and other issues during the time, he quickly cuts off what's going on because he doesn't want it to come to light, first of all, because it's an affair, but well, also yeah, doesn't but... want to be hanging around her with her public image falling as it were at the time yeah it was super just like she loved him superficial yeah um he he, the kennedys couldn't be associated with the failing actress is pretty much what it was and that's so mean (laughs) she's so pretty and y'all liked her when she was an actress like and yeah and she was the bubbly like what people describe as overly sexual on the birthday song they loved it you know yeah 
but now they can't be seen with her. No, yeah. It's now so, she's like a so person weird. and less of like a persona. Yeah. Uh, but when Robert cuts things off, <laughs> she threatens that she's going to spill the secrets on both of them. Because she's like, that's so. I thought she's in on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's going to. She's. <laughs> well, I'm going to say a quote in a second, but yeah, it's pretty much like. I mean, she points out what we're saying. That's so dumb that now that she's facing, like, a struggle in her career, you're going to have a problem with it. You were fine with cheating a second ago when I was the world's most famous actress. Uh, But also, she liked him, so that's also really hard to deal with. Uh, I fucked the president. (laughs) A close friend of hers later stated that uh, while they were hanging out, she said, quote, if I don't hear from Bobby Kennedy soon, I'm going to call a press conference and blow the lid off this whole damn thing, end quote. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a pretty quick cutoff, and she couldn't get in touch with any of them. She's like, if they don't start answering, I'm going to start saying some things. This is like, it's like the, I'm going to post your nudes. Like, it's very much that. Yeah, no, she she told a quite a few people I'm gonna about send your both girlfriend affairs. screenshots of our messages. <laughs> your wife will know first. Um, I couldn't swallow for a second. Um, I'm good now, though. <laughs> if I don't hear from Bobby Kennedy soon, I'm also, calling yeah, she a always press calls conference. him Bobby. I think it's so funny. I think it's funny that not only did she threaten to spill the, the beans or pop, blow the lid off, she threatened to call a whole ass press conference. No, it was going to be official. <laughs> she wasn't doing it through the newspapers. She was calling a conference. Like, uh, Hello, yes, Fox News. <laughs> get me on air. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't be a great look for the presidential family if... Uh, I came out with the the, president and also his brother, both of whom are married. Oh my god! Uh, So she also was reportedly around for for meetings, or not meetings necessarily, but like heard the presidential family discuss classified information. Yeah, some people. She heard stuff like private conversations about stuff like. Fidel Castro, or some people even believe she had access to information on UFOs, and then people jump from there further to believe, like, she had information that only the presidential family would know about extraterrestrials. No. Um, (laughs) uh, Marilyn Monroe knew about the aliens. So, like, there is a huge thing that she she heard snippets of things she probably wasn't supposed to, just from being around them. Uh, I believe it. Uh... So, people, this is where the conspiracy comes in, whether it was to save the family's name of these affairs coming out or that she knew too much, people believe that the Kennedys had her killed and framed it as a suicide to keep any of that from happening. I believe it. Now, tell me why I should believe it. Just wait for it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've got some things that I read, and it's just, it it might be true. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's kind of crazy, some of these stuff. No, I was about to say it. I'm already convinced, and you haven't even told me a lick of the evidence yet. You just no. had to tell me that there was a presidential conspiracy, and I was on board. No, yeah, I don't trust any of them. Not a single but, one, except Obama. Her- I miss him. Ooh. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, the the night before her death, she had called her psychiatrist around five fifteen at night, 
or in the afternoon. Uh, and he later makes a statement that he, quote, felt it was possible that Marilyn Monroe had felt rejected by someone or some of the people she had been close to, end quote. So he's saying they cut the affair off and just no. couldn't say that. Um also, before her death, she received a call from Peter Lawford, the man who called her late on stage at the Kennedy gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that she told him, quote, say goodbye to the president and say goodbye to yourself, end quote, right before hanging up. No. Peter called several people to check on her, and he eventually reaches her lawyer, who calls Eunice, who's uh, the housekeeper at the house, um, and she says everything is fine at the moment but on this phone call marilyn monroe was slurring her speech you know was obviously intoxicated heavily already Mm -hmm. at this moment but from all reports that peter gets back from the people who check in on her say everything's all right why which is just a little weird why lie because they're covering something up um a lot of people close to her could not believe she would take her own life, and her attorney even said that he had seen her the day before, and they had plans to meet on Monday. This doesn't really mean anything, because sometimes depression yeah. hides itself in mysterious ways. But it is interesting to point out that a lot of people, knowing what she's been through and knowing how like she's interacted with depression before, said that like this seemed out of character even for her yeah. but you can never know because that kind of thing is sometimes you never see anything yeah. before it happens um especially when you're like under the influence of such weird drugs so yeah. but i just wanted to point out that a lot of people <sighs> know that it was really out of she was really happy in these last few days that's so sad um now uh <laughs> a lot of a lot of some of, like a lot of some of a lot of it could be boiled down to speculation (laughs) but but some like paper trails start popping up tell Uh, me one of the first ones we're going to talk about is in 2017 a letter was unearthed it was um it was found by the son of maryland's old acting coach lee strasberg wait that's the acting coach or that's the son the the lee strasberg is the acting coach okay i didn't write the son's name down uh but Marilyn was really good friends with the Lee Strasberg, her acting mm-hmm. coach, and and left him some stuff from her estate. Um, I don't know if she had a will, but some of the he winds up with some of yeah. her stuff. She probably had like contracts drawn up in case. Yeah. Um, and the 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 letter was to her, and it was from Jean Kennedy Smith, which is JFK and Robert fk (laughs) their little sister Mm -hmm. and she writes to marilyn quote i understand that you and bobby are the new item we all think you should come with him when he comes back east end quote so that's one of the first things to kind of solidify that there was a a pair happening at some point at least between her and robert Uh, (laughs) another huge piece of evidence uh was actually 10 years earlier in 2007 a piece of partially unclassified fbi documentation was found and this document suggests that robert kennedy might have been in on and okay with a plot to coax her into suicide 
<gasps> in fear of her going public with the affairs. No. Men. <laughs> the document is titled Robert Kennedy, and it also mentioned in this document, uh, or the names also mentioned in this document was Peter Lawford, her psychiatrist, her <gasps> housekeeper Eunice, no. and a friend she actually she sees uh, at, like hours before her death, no. Pat Newcomb. Uh, so these people may have been in on an FBI dealing, and we only see so much of this this paper uh, because yeah. a lot of it's redacted, but it says these names, and it also suggests that her psychiatrist may have prescribed her with more pills than normal since they no. often spoke. Like, she wasn't prescribed to take more, but her bottle contained more, so mm-hmm. the the possibility of her taking more was there for her. Yeah. She normally wouldn't have enough in the bottle for to it like to overdose, like take yeah. enough of it. But in the I'm time so around her mad. death. They killed her. Yeah, no, it gets bad. It's um, crazy that the FBI kills Marilyn Monroe and then the CIA kills JFK. Yeah, no, that both of them die in the weirdest way possible. Oh my god, they killed her. Another huge piece of evidence was again found in 2017. At this point, our, this is when most of the JFK files were made public. So okay. unclassified. Um, and over 300 of these pages are still classified because they, they may contain facts that threaten national security. And Bullshit. some of these are ones talking about Marilyn Monroe. Like we have the title for it, but we don't know anything that the paper says. But one document that we do have access to is a letter from the FBI to Robert that informs him about a book that was trying to release information about his affair. <gasps> so they could make a plan to like shut it down. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy that they just have the power to do that. Like, yeah. No. Also, talk shit. You I had the affair. Shit. <laughs> Deal with the consequences. If you go on a cheat, they're gonna write a book. You got your dick wet. They get their bag. Yeah, it's only fair. <laughs> it's uh, the one law. Sh- <laughs> I don't know if it's the law, but it is. That's Maryland's what it world. says. Uh. One huge piece of evidence is that Robert may have been at her house the day <gasps> before she died. You're joking. <laughs> Eunice has even reported this, like, reported saying that he was there and su- suggested that there may have been an argument. Mm. Uh, and in the JFK files that I was just talking about, those unclassified documents, we have proof that he booked a hotel in Beverly Hills that day. Uh, so he was definitely in the area. That was he a next, plot twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> he uh, flies to San Francisco after, calls uh, Peter, the guy that called her late on stage, and this is the kicker, says, quote, or he's calling to find out, mm-hmm. quote, if Marilyn was dead yet. <laughs> like, that's just in the file. They killed her. Yeah. <laughs> He was calling to see if it had happened yet. And that's in a file? Yeah, that's in one of the JFK files papers that was they released. They killed her. Um, Frank Sinatra may have also been on this part, too. They did what? have an affair at one point, but in a meeting with Peter Lawford, uh, Sinatra, and a ton of other like big musicians and actors at the time, they were like going out. It was like a party of some sort, a gathering, mm-hmm. uh, and Sinatra was allegedly trying to like talk her out of going public with the affairs. 
Okay. Uh, she had told, like, close friends about it, assumedly, like, from what we can tell. And at this point, the affair had just been cut off, and she was pretty upset about it, and she was in distress, so she got pretty drunk that night uh, and was very much against not going public with it. She was yeah. like, no, I'm telling everyone. <laughs> I'm drunk, I'm sad, and I will be letting the world know. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the name of this week's episode. Uh, Sinatra allegedly, uh, he might have given up at this point or thinks that he has made her agree to not going public. Um, but from what we can tell, it seems like he gives up on trying to convince her and mm-hmm. tells people, I don't think she's not going yeah. to go through with it. She's not going to And break. they, at that point, initiate a plan to make sure it doesn't happen. She returns home, uh... Pretty soon after, like, the next morning, very quickly returns home the next morning, and she is found dead five days after this party. I'm furious. uh, Another kicker that I had never heard of, on the night of her death, several people in the neighborhood heard an unidentified woman scream, murderers, you murderers, are you happy now that she's dead? Which makes it seem like she's shouting at people in the room. Like we said, it seems like Robert may have been in the area at this time and could have even been there when she died. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Isn't they it bad? Her. Holy uh, shit, I thought this was a theory. So there along with these theories, she she might have been poisoned, is what some of them say. <laughs> what? Um th- th- they think the whole suicide part was staged completely. Oh like, like this part, this theory so far are like what I found a lot of is that they coaxed her into it, which is awful. They just yeah. preyed on the fact that Peer she had depression, and like, anxiety, yeah. and like a really rough time. They just used that to their advantage. But there's also a version of the theory that says that she was poisoned uh, because there are some, like, you know, it holds ground that Robert was there because he had a hotel in the area and then flew away right after it happened. Uh, But he's also calling on Peter. Some people think Peter was in the room because he's the one he calls to be like, is she dead yet? And uh, to to give this, this theory some weight, there were no pills found in her stomach. <laughs> oh my god. The, Who the killed her? The coroner explained that this was because she was an addict for, for so long that they digested faster than expected, or like that you would find. But it's Is really that weird real? that, from what I could tell, there might be some way to that. I'm not a coroner. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm but not a coroner. I'm not a drug addict. It's still weird. We also have really weird... We don't know if they're telling the truth about the hour she died at. You know? Yeah, like... They called the police an hour later. We we don't know how long they could have been digested for or if they were ever in her system. And if they're lying about this, like, what else are they lying about? Many actors have also come to light saying that Marilyn had talked about the affairs with him, especially after it breaking off. She was, you know, venting to friends, pretty much. Uh, Including Gianni Russo of the Godfather fame. (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck? Uh, Did you know that he, like, was involved with the real mob? 
the like quote on his book was that he walked the walk and talked the talk i didn't know that but he had ties to something uh he even says in a book that the mob had caught wind of the affair and wanted to use monroe and the affair itself to blackmail the president emily (laughs) if that had been the direction this story went i would have been flabbergasted but so happy imagine that yeah. Marilyn Monroe no. working with the fucking mob to take down literally the president of the United States. Yeah, no. He, according to Russo, is they they caught wind of it and they wanted to like get proof of it, and they wanted to use these pictures to like make them not crack down on the the mob ring so hard. Uh, I don't know how much of that happened, but I believe they, I believe every word of it. The mob caught wind of the affairs, too, which I just think is interesting. The mob um, found out. That's the name of this week's episode. <laughs> uh, her autopsy might have also been tampered with. Yeah. I was about to uh, given, right? Yeah. Pieces of her organs were sent off to be lab tested, and some of them were destroyed before they got to the lab. Like, it's a, it, the, the paperwork. destruction. Yeah, the paperwork said that they just, like, weren't in any condition to be tested because they were messed up in some sense. I don't know how they were destroyed. Um, one time I had to get lab work done, though, and two of the three things that were sent off. Did your organs get destroyed? They weren't parts of my organs. I think it was, like, nose swabs for something. Mm-hmm. But, like, two of the three of them just, like, got lost. So maybe it's, like, something like that. I don't think anyone was plotting to kill me. So I don't think mine were destroyed. So maybe hers were just lost, but it from what it seems like was that someone messed with the evidence after the Scientology episode. It was before. It was before. <laughs> no, they knew. They knew. They could. Yeah, they can see the future. They smelled the tabs open on your phone. <laughs> they knew I would eventually go down that rabbit hole. No, yeah. Some of the organs that did make are like tissue samples that didn't make it to the lab like in fine condition the test just never got done like it just kept getting delayed to the point where they couldn't be done anymore so someone was obviously paid off uh her blood and liver were the only things that were completely tested as ordered and they showed signs of an overdose but it's because like they didn't have any of the other tissue samples to like argue that you know they killed her and even if she was poisoned her her blood and um liver might have reacted in similar ways they killed her (laughs) Um, they fucking killed her they killed marilyn monroe (laughs) some other interesting thing eunice her her housekeeper was washing sheets when the police arrived and some people believe that they had redone the bed uh, and that there could have been more evidence on these sheets, but they were in the washer when the police got there. Uh, the police... Oh, and I was just right. The police were called way later, if you recall, earlier. So they had time to, like, redo the room. Her room was also messy, which is just a little weird. Um, not sure why it was. Yeah. Um, but some people also know there's, like, crime scene photos i cannot think of that word crime scene photos and her room just is like disheveled 
more so than you think of like someone coming in through the window like obviously the window was broken because yeah. the guy got in that way but it just seems like a lot of stuff was moved around that didn't need to be there's yeah. also one article talked about like i don't even i read this one a while ago and i could not find it again so i don't know if it holds any weight but that it said something was wrong with her journal it was either missing like she had a personal oh. diary that might have been taken or like pages were missing out of i cannot find it again though so i don't know mm-hmm. if that holds any weight um eunice her her housekeeper was also reported as being super vague and invasive to questioning that night as well and if you remember she was one of the names on that fbi yeah. document so it seems like she knew more than she was letting on she also changed her story a couple of times that night um one detective she told that she woke up at midnight another detective she said she woke up at three rookie mistake we don't know what time she was actually found dead or how long she was actually dead for before she was found or what they were doing why it took so long for the the police to get there and it seems like other people could have been in the house that we don't know about like robert f kennedy and casual lawson yeah casually the kennedys yeah casually the president's brother so are we supposed to believe that eunice was the one yelling that's what i think is that she she got mad at like she didn't want because like that's the thing i mean yeah if the president's brother comes in and says we have to kill her you kind of have to go along even if like i mean you don't have to but i would see someone you would die yeah, you would be frightened enough to go along. Um, and so I think it is Eunice is the one, allegedly, who shouted that. And that was yeah. a couple of neighbors who had heard that. Imagine being that neighbor, living next yeah. to Marilyn Monroe and hearing, you murderers, you killed her. And not calling the cops. I'd immediately be like, happy birthday, Mr. President. Ring, ring. <laughs> you're going to jail like yeah no uh there was also i was reading this article about a police officer who investigated that night who felt like things were off but so many of the like higher up officers just shut things down and stuff like that the cops were in on it <laughs> it seems like a whole lot of people were paid off imagine being paid off by the president yeah to cover up his affair and you- murder you did the dirty and now you're gonna murder someone over it but yeah it also might have been like she might have had information she wasn't supposed to have mm-hmm. to the affairs would have really hurt the family's chances at re-election um and it also seems like she was getting the mob involved with the presidents and that's just some of the the reasons they may have taken her out and you know what every single one of them was more justifiable than the last if if i was her and my boyfriend wasn't answering me, I'd get the mob involved too. Exactly. Exactly. She's an American hero. An icon, yes. But yeah, that's... Casually that's, Calls the Mob. That's the name of this week's episode. That's uh, that's the, the conspiracy behind Monroe's death. So is it really a conspiracy if they literally just killed her and it's I just in think FBI it's documents? Like, I think it's true. It's in FBI documents. Yeah, and a lot of it was stringed together, but it didn't take much stringing to pull no. it together. 
little strings. Very little. Some would even say they were already tied together. Yeah, he got a hotel room. That, he like booked out the hotel too. Like it was his hotel for that day. He left his own paper trail and like got away with it. Yeah. Because because he was the brother of the president. Yeah, it's just like how we know that there was a conspiracy to kill JFK. Yeah. It just was more than we know it is. We literally just, the fact that we just know those things is a little spooky to me. Our stuff like this, we know there was foul play here. Those documents will probably never be uh, unredacted in our lifetime. It's crazy to me, though, that in American history class, like, we're just taught, like, oh, no, he was assassinated by this man. And it's like, but we... We, we just, just know that he know wasn't. That it wasn't that. All right, there's like, way more details than we're given. Yeah. Like, it is we, weird. We just know those things, and we're going to pretend like we don't so that we can pass American history? Our, yeah, and there's all of this information that points to that there was something else going on here. And so many other people have come out and said, yeah, something was going on here. Yeah. And you will, all you hear about is, like, is that she committed suicide you know but we know there was more to the story but yet that's if you google how she died it's going to give you a one sentence answer you know it's not going to give you this information unless you look for it it's one of those things that it's super weird that a lot of this is just we know it exists but we treat it like it it's conspiracy theory when it's just conspiracy ignorance is bliss i guess question mark (laughs) sure because uh, who is it blissful for? The guy who committed the crime. Yeah. Like, I'm I don't sure benefit the- from this ignorance. No. it Literally, it's the powerful who do. And they already have too much money and time. They can shut up and go to jail. You for cheated. Murder. Yeah. And murdered someone. Because you cheated. And the other one's for conspiracy to commit murder. That. Yeah, so many people were in on it. According to that document, if all those names were actually in on it, that's insane. That's literally all of the people she saw within the last, like, day of her life. That's crazy. And And if there were people in the room, that's what gets me. If the whole story of, like, Eunice waking up Mm -hmm. and finding her at three is just a lie, and that they were all in the room with her. Like, force-feeding her drugs. Yeah, or poisoning her with a drink. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I, and the fact that none of those people will ever be punished. No. The fact that the the FBI was just involved casually in a murder. Like, and that's the other thing that gets me. It's it's like, it's not a murder for national security. Like, it was just to benefit one dude who wanted to fuck her. And then realized that he probably shouldn't have. Because he was, you know, married. Yeah, and then the mob gets involved. The mob would have protected her. Yes. <laughs> no, they knew that. It, it's so upsetting, too. Like, she just needed help, and they preyed on that in some sense. Men. Men are the problem. This podcast is about men. <laughs> and I mean that. Be a good, look, men out there listening. Don't address them. (laughs) I need women to tell the men out there. (laughs) Don't, don't be like these dudes. (laughs) Keep your bitch in line. 
and by i'm just to clarify i'm the your in that sentence is the women yeah bitches are the men yeah keep your bitch in line i'm so frustrated yeah and like i can't do anything about it no no nothing literally isn't that wild that that's there's that many like evidence towards it they just killed her that's (laughs) not a conspiracy if it's in fbi paperwork the fact that they knew they'd get away with it so much so that they put it down in paperwork yeah they were like oh just it's funny that they have to keep paperwork on that too we murdered a woman I called someone and asked if she was dead yet. And that's just in a file. That was a quote. We murdered the woman. (laughs) The icon. Icon, icon, icon. How do you feel? Frustrated. (laughs) Unbelievably painfully pissed off. Yeah. You got pizza, though. Fuck this episode. <laughs> Good night and goodbye, podcast. Wait, Fall. seriously? <laughs> oh, I thought that was your ending. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> I thought you were I thought you were gone. You know, podcast, I'm mad. And I genuinely cannot offer you banter today. And I'm also tired and pissed off and tired and also pissed off. Follow you know us what? on everything. I'm entitled to it. And your pizza. Yeah. I do and I'm going to make pasta. This episode is also already... We've already recorded for two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, it is a longer one. I'm going to have to cut it down, though. But there's a lot of, like, bits in there that I can cut out, so it'll be fine. All right. <laughs> you want to do the spiel? Follow us on everything, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube that we forgot existed. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that one again. We'll one day upload <laughs> to the Google Drive. <laughs> one day. <laughs> one uh, day more. Talk to us in Discord if you want to see something specific. Also, ask us in Discord. Always. Um, uh, yeah. One day more to revolution. Have a good day, night, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. In the bud. The Kennedys killed Marilyn Monroe. Good night. We'll be (laughs) ready for the schoolboys. They will wet themselves with blood. The Kennedys killed Marilyn Monroe. The people in power need to be held accountable for their actions. And it is our job as the people to hold them accountable. We are the many. They are the few. The French, the, the French had the right idea when they made guillotines, and <laughs> we need to get on their shit. The French know how to protest, okay? And uh, we need to get on their level because rich people are not held accountable for their actions. They literally had paperwork about to say to that they someone. murdered a woman in cold blood for funsies on a Tuesday. You know, like, what the fuck? Anyway, goodbye, podcast. Goodbye.